I've heard it said before that the Holy Spirit was not active in the Old Testament. I've also heard it said before that the Holy Spirit did work in the Old Testament, but only in situations, never inside of people. Are these statements true? Well, we'll talk about that today. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Ammons. Welcome to Truth 101, a systematic way of looking at the Christian faith and the different doctrines that the Bible teaches us about God, about life, about His people, and about us. So welcome. We're glad that you've joined us again. In the 100 series, we began looking at the person of God the Father, and in the 200 series, the person of Jesus the Son. And in this 300 series, we've been looking at the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit today and a lot of different uh, belief systems, and, and, and it's good to get a, a biblical view of what the Holy Spirit is and how He works in different ways. In this 300 series, we have already seen that there are four primary roles of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit purifies, the Holy Spirit unifies, the Holy Spirit reveals, and the Holy Spirit empowers. And so far in the series, we have seen the Holy Spirit's role of purifying, unifying, and revealing. And in this podcast, we're going to look primarily at the work of the Holy Spirit as He empowers. Now, the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit empowers in two distinct ways. Number one, He gives life. And number two, He gives power for service. He empowers us to serve. So I want us to look at both of these distinct ways the Holy Spirit empowers. First of all, by giving life. And then second of all, we'll spend more time looking at the Holy Spirit's giving power for service. First of all, let's get started. The Holy Spirit empowers, number one, by giving life. In the realm of nature, it's the role of the Holy Spirit to give life to all animate creatures, whether on the ground or in the sky or in the sea or wherever the creatures may be. It tells us in Psalm 104, 30, for when you send forth your Spirit, Lord, they are created. So it's the Spirit that creates and gives life. On the flip side, if God should set His heart to it, as Job 34 says, and gather to Himself His Spirit and His breath, all flesh would perish and man would return to the dust. So in one sense, the Bible tells us that it is the Spirit that gives life and even sustains life. And we see that role of the Spirit in the giving and the sustaining of human life and animal life upon the earth. Now, parallel with this role of the Holy Spirit to give us new life is, is the Holy Spirit's role of regeneration, spiritual life as well as physical life. That's the Holy Spirit's empowering as well. If you remember, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Also, John chapter 6, 
we are told, it is the spirit who gives life because the flesh profits nothing. So it is the spirit's role to give not only physical life, but also to bring about spiritual life. A person is saved and they, they receive spiritual life because of the Holy Spirit's quickening or the Holy Spirit's conviction in a person's heart that leads to that person to Christ. So it is, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to give spiritual life. Now, consistent with its life-giving function of the Holy Spirit is the fact that the Spirit conceived Jesus in the womb of Mary, his mother. We're told that in Matthew 1, 18, Luke 1, 35. And on the day when Christ returns, the same Holy Spirit will complete the life-giving work, giving new resurrection life to our mortal bodies. So even at the end times, whenever we receive our, our, our resurrected body, it will be the Holy Spirit that does that. That's what Romans 8.11 says. Romans 8.11 says, quote, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, notice the last phrase, through His Spirit who dwells in you, end quote. So the Holy Spirit's, the first distinct way the Holy Spirit empowers is by giving life of all kinds. The Holy Spirit gives life to animals, to humans. The Holy Spirit sustains our life. If the Spirit's withdrawn, we would perish, according to Job. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual life, brings us salvation in Christ, and then the Holy Spirit will even give us a, a resurrected body of life at the end time. So what a tremendous role the Holy Spirit plays in being the life giver and empowering that life within us. But now let's talk about in, in, in more detail and, and much greater, I guess you might say, of how the Holy Spirit gives power for service. This is probably the main way that you think of the Holy Spirit when you think of the Holy Spirit's empowering. Well, He empowers me for acts of service, and He did that all through Scripture, and that is true. The Holy Spirit does empower uh, acts of service. First of all, let's talk about the Old Testament, and then we'll talk about how the Holy Spirit worked in the New Testament because the Spirit worked in different ways in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. So first of all, the Holy Spirit giving power for service in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit frequently empowered people for special kinds of service. Now think about Joshua. He empowered Joshua with leadership skills and wisdom according to Numbers 27, 18. And the Holy Spirit empowered the judges to deliver Israel from their oppressors. Note how it says the Spirit of the Lord was upon someone. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Othniel in Judges 3.10. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Gideon in 6.34. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Jephthah in 11.29. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Samson in Judges 13.25. So you see that phrase over and over throughout the cycle of the judges, the Spirit of the Lord was upon them, and they did special acts of service. 
You might remember also in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came mightily upon Saul to arouse him to battle against the enemies of Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 11. And then whenever David was anointed as king, it says, quote, as the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. That's from 1 Samuel 16, 13. And so the Holy Spirit equipped David to fulfill the task of kingship to which God had called him. Now, you may also remember, this is kind of interesting, Exodus 35, 34, the Holy Spirit even gave uh, uh, someone the ability to have skills in working. You might remember the Holy Spirit endowed Bezalel uh, with artistic skill for the construction of the tabernacle and its equipment. And then the ability to teach these skills to other people. That's Exodus 31, Exodus 35. Very interesting that the Holy Spirit even gave them physical skills to do work in the Old Testament. Fascinating. Now, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament also protected God's people and enabled them to overcome their enemies. For example... God put His Spirit in, the, in their midst during the Exodus, we're told in Isaiah 63. And, and then later on, after their return from exile, God put His Spirit in the midst of the Israelites to protect them and to keep them from fear, according to Haggai 2.5. Whenever Saul was attempting to capture David, you might remember by force, it says the Holy Spirit came upon Saul's messengers in 1 Samuel 19, 20. And eventually came upon Saul himself in verse 23, causing them to fall to the ground and to prophesy for hours, thus defeating Saul's purpose and humiliating him in response to his malicious show of force against David and Samuel. So it's kind of interesting the way the Holy Spirit came upon people in the, whole, in the Old Testament in unique ways and allowed unique circumstances to come about. Now, you might remember in a similar way, while, while Ezekiel was prophesying judgment by the power of the Holy Spirit against some of the leaders of Israel, one of the leaders actually died, Ezekiel eleven thirteen and in this way, the Holy Spirit brought immediate judgment on him, which he also did in the New Testament we'll talk about later with Ananias and Sapphira. Now, also the, the Spirit's working in the Old Testament. Let's continue this further. The Old Testament predicted there would be a time when the Holy Spirit would anoint a Messiah in great fullness and power. Isaiah 11, verses 2 and 3 says, quote, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, talking about the Messiah, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, end quote. So we're, we're told that the Holy Spirit, or rather the Old Testament, predicted a time when the Holy Spirit would anoint a Messiah to come. Of course, we know that to be Christ. Isaiah prophesied God would say of this coming Messiah, 
I have put my spirit upon him, Isaiah 42, 1. And the spirit of the Lord, uh, God is upon me. The Lord has anointed me. And Jesus said that in Luke 4, the prophecy from Isaiah 61. So the Holy Spirit was going to empower, it was predicted in the Old Testament, the Messiah to come that we see in the New Testament. Now, before we leave the discussion of the Holy Spirit's empowering in the Old Testament, let's ask a question. I have heard, and you have probably heard as well, that the Holy Spirit worked in situations in the Old Testament, but He never worked inside the life of a person. That was reserved for the New Testament after the Spirit came at Pentecost. Is that true? Did the Holy Spirit ever work inside of a person in the Old Testament? Well, actually he did. The idea has, has kind of been inferred uh, throughout the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit actually did work in the lives of individuals in the Old Testament. Let's look at some examples. Joshua is said to have had the Holy Spirit within him in Numbers 27, 18, because he was called a man in whom is the Spirit. Others in the Old Testament who have the Holy Spirit within them, Bezalel in Exodus 31, Ezekiel in Ezekiel 2, 2, Daniel in Daniel 4, Micah in Micah 3, 8. So this means that when Jesus said to his disciples that the Holy Spirit dwells with you and will be in you, that does not mean the Holy Spirit was not within a person in the Old Testament. He cannot mean that there was an absolute within, without difference between the Old and the New Testaments. So there were ways that the Holy Spirit moved and worked in the Old Testament in the life of individuals just as he did in the New Testament. So in this powerful new covenant that's coming, the Holy Spirit was not yet at work within the disciples in a specific way, but he was at work within individuals in the Old Testament in unique ways. Now let's go on to the Holy Spirit's empowering for service in the New Testament. We're going to see the Holy Spirit work differently in the New Testament than in the Old Testament. So let's look at the New Testament. The empowering work of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is seen first and most fully in His anointing and empowering of Jesus as the Messiah. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism, Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, all tell us this. John the Baptist said, John 1, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and remained on Jesus. Therefore, Jesus entered into the temptation in the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit, Luke 4, 1 says. And then after his temptation, at the beginning of his ministry, Luke 4, 14, we are told Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. 
So from the very beginning, the Holy Spirit has descended upon Christ as Messiah at his baptism, at the beginning of his temptation, at the end of his temptation, at the beginning of his ministry, full of the Spirit. Let's go further. You may remember when Jesus came to preach in the synagogue at Nazareth, he declared that Isaiah's prophecy from chapter 61-1 was fulfilled in himself in that day. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, end quote. But what was the first phrase? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life was seen in the miracles he performed, cast out demons with only a word, healed all who came to him, according to Luke 4.36. And the Holy Spirit was pleased to dwell in Jesus and empower Jesus, for he fully delighted in the absolute moral purity of Jesus' life. And in the context of talking about Jesus' ministry and the Father's blessing upon that ministry, John says, quote, He gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hands. John 3, 34 and 35. So, we see that Jesus had an anointing of the Holy Spirit without measure and this anointing remained on him throughout his life. Maybe you'd never thought of it in that fashion before, that, that the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to be who he was. The Holy Spirit it was, was upon him. The Holy Spirit was within him. The Holy Spirit empowered him to do great works. And from the very beginning of his life, in the womb all the way through, the Holy Spirit empowered the work of Jesus. But now let's go to Jesus' disciples. The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus' disciples for various kinds of ministry. Jesus had promised His disciples, Acts 1-8, just before He ascended to heaven, you remember He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. But notice the phrase, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And we know it happened at Pentecost. There are several specific examples of the Holy Spirit's empowering the early Christians to work miracles as they proclaim the gospel. You notice Stephen in Acts chapter 6, verse 5, and Paul in Romans 15, verse 19. The Holy Spirit empowered those early believers to work miracles as they proclaimed the gospel. The miracles went along with the gospels. They confirmed the truth of what was spoken. But the Holy Spirit also gave great power to the preaching of the Word in the early church. 
so that when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, they proclaimed the word of God boldly and with great power. We're told that in Acts 4, in Acts 6, in 1 Thessalonians 1, in 1 Peter 1, 12. So in general, we can say that the Holy Spirit speaks through the gospel message as it is effectively proclaimed to people's hearts. Every Sunday, whenever I stand to preach, it's not just my words. It's, the, it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then as the word goes forth, the Holy Spirit speaks through that gospel message as it's proclaimed to the hearts of the people listening. I praise God for the Holy Spirit's work in that. And then the New Testament ends with an invitation from both the Holy Spirit and the church who together call people to salvation. Revelation 22, 17, very last chapter of the Bible says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit is the Holy Spirit, the bride's the church. So we both together are proclaiming salvation to the people and it's the Holy Spirit that empowers the people to receive it. In fact, not only the preaching of the gospel message, but also in the reading and the teaching of Scripture does the Holy Spirit continue to speak to people's hearts even today. Hebrews 3, 7 tells us that. Now let's talk about, before we close, the Holy Spirit's actual empowering today Christians for service, empowering you and empowering me. As we work for the Lord, you and I, we cannot do what we do without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And the primary way the Holy Spirit empowers you and empowers me is through spiritual giftedness. The Holy Spirit is active in giving spiritual gifts to equip Christians for ministry. The Holy Spirit has given me spiritual gifts and empowers me to use those. The Holy Spirit has given you, believer, spiritual gifts and empowers you to use those. Notice Paul said after giving a listing of spiritual gifts, a variety of them, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, quote, but one and the same Spirit works in all of these gifts, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Not as you will, but as he wills. The Holy Spirit gives you the gifts he wants you to have. I don't know how many times I've talked to believers. They, they want to have a different spiritual gift. They want to have the gift of teaching, or they want to have the gift of preaching, or whatever gift it may be. And, and God has not gifted. He's gifted them in other ways, but the Holy Spirit has not gifted them in that way. So however the Holy Spirit has gifted you is the way that He wills, not the way you will, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 11. So since the Holy Spirit is the one who, who shows or manifests God's presence in the world, it's not surprising that Paul can call the spiritual gifts, quote, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When spiritual gifts are active, it's another indication of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, in the church. 
Now, in the prayer life of individual believers, let's talk about prayer for a moment. We find that the Holy Spirit even empowers prayer. The Holy Spirit makes prayer effective. You ever thought about that? That your prayers are empowered and made effective by the Holy Spirit. Listen to Romans 8, 26. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And then listen to what Paul says, Ephesians 2, 18. Paul says, we have access in one Spirit to the Father. So we have access to the Father in prayer by the Spirit. And one specific kind of prayer that the New Testament says is empowered by the Holy Spirit is the gift of tongues, and that was 1 Corinthians 12. We'll talk more about that later, uh, and, and I don't think tongues are being used in the proper way today. Tongues, biblically, were used to confirm the gospel message. It was never meant to, as a sign, as proof of salvation, or anything, or even as, as a prayer language. Uh, I, I, could, I could see tongues being used legitimately today on the mission field where the gospel, as it's proclaimed, needs an outward manifestation to confirm the gospel. That's what happened in the book of Acts. We don't necessarily see that and need that in our culture here today. But I'll talk more about that later on in spiritual giftedness. Let's talk about one other aspect before we close of the Holy Spirit's work in empowering Christians for service. And that is the Spirit's work in your life and in my life to overcome spiritual opposition to the preaching of the gospel and to God's work in your life. This power in spiritual warfare was first seen in the life of Jesus, Matthew 12, 28. You might remember, in this passage, Jesus said, quote, if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Whenever Paul came to Cyprus, he encountered opposition from Elimus, the magician. But he said, quote, filled with the Holy Spirit, he looked intently at him and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. And immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. That's Acts 13, verses 9 through 11. So we see the Holy Spirit even being active in the life of a believer to thwart spiritual oppression and spiritual opposition. The gift of the ability to distinguish between spirits, 1 Corinthians 12.10, was given by the Holy Spirit to, as a tool in spiritual warfare against the force of darkness. And so the, the Holy Spirit is active in the life of the believer, not just through spiritual giftedness and not just through our prayer life, but the Holy Spirit is active in your life and my life, thwarting spiritual oppression 
and, and thwarting the spiritual warfare that comes against us brought about by the enemy. Man, I'm so thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit empowering me, not only giving me life and giving me spiritual life, not only being at work in the Old Testament, in the work in the New Testament, the life of Jesus, but also in the life of every believer preaching of the gospel every time I stand to preach. I am so thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit. God uses the Spirit powerfully in our lives. Now, one last question. We'll talk about it in our next podcast. Is the Holy Spirit stronger or weaker in some believers than in others? We'll talk about that in our next podcast. Hope you've had a great week. God bless you. We'll see you next week.